today we're starting this new series. It's called Sacred Things. Sacred Things. Because I know some people, they look around and say, isn't anything sacred anymore? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you in a secular world, no, it is not. I mean, think about it. Think about it for just a second. When we think sacred, it's simply set, set apart. But think about this. You know, think about, wives, if you went into your husband's closet, <laughs> you might find some, some clothing that seems sacred, even holy, if you were. <laughs> because we don't get rid of a lot of things. It's like, I, that's what I, that's what I, I, I cut grass in this, and then I, I work, I paint in this, and I do this and this. And there are things that we, we, we declare as they are sacred, set apart for that purpose. Same thing women, by the way, you don't get off easy either. I mean, there's probably some clothes in your closet that are very sacred. It's like, look at that. Oh, that's the one. We hang on to stuff. Ain't worried in about, oh, I don't know, maybe a decade. But I, hey, it's still there. And I love it. We, uh, we do a lot of things that we hold on to that we think, man, I cannot do without this. In this morning, as we go, we're, we're going to start this thing. And there are many things that God sets up as sacred. And and this is what the word simply means. It, sacred is, is the same word that's used as holy. It, in, the, in the Hebrew language, it's called Kadesh. Kadesh. And that simply is apartness, holiness, sacredness, separateness. In other words, it's a matter where things come together, set apart for a, set, a special purpose of God, of places, of things. There are there are. Places, things, and people that God puts in our lives that are really holy to Him. And there's, and we want to make sure that we don't take something that God set, set aside as sacred and take it as mundane or go, hey, I can do or do without it. I want to tell you, I believe that God wants us to make sure we're sharp in our mind and our understanding of what He calls holy. And we want to make sure and do the same thing. Colossians 2.8 Paul wrote to the church at Colossians and it says this, see to it that no one takes you captive. Now it's, it's amazing he says that. He wouldn't have said that unless what? Somebody could take you captive. Like, oh, why, why would he say, nobody could take, nah, uh, I am, I set my eyes, I set my heart, nobody, no. The truth is, is we have a real tricky enemy and he uses all kind of, Ways to try to get into our minds and our hearts and our spirits. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. Everybody say human tradition. Okay, now I know that sometimes, Jesus even said this. We're not going to turn there this morning. But he said, our traditions, if we're not careful, they'll nullify the word of God. He said that to the, the Pharisees of his day, the religious leaders of his day. He said, you transgress the scripture because what should be done, you say, no, 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 it's for our gain. And so it says, forget that, and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. And then First Peter, Peter picks this up, Peter the rock. Um, he says in First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, he says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. I just speak that over you right now. Your mind is alert. You are fully sober. You're like, come on, give it to me, Mark. I'm, I, I want it. Give it to me. I am ready. Give me the word. I'm ready. Everybody, look at your neighbor and say, give me the word. Give me the word. That's right. Some of y'all are like, 
Okay, thank you. We're good. Praise the Lord. Um, set your hope on the grace to be brought uh, to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in that word ignorance. You know what that means in the Greek? Ignorant. It just means you didn't know what was going on. <laughs> like, like I was just going on. Like, okay, oh, what, what will that do? I don't know. Okay, you bumped in everything. You weren't aware. And then he goes on to say, but just as he who called you is holy, you were called. You're not an accident. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy. Be set apart. Let that be. Be separated from the world. Be joined to God in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, there are a lot of things we're going to cover in this series. We're going to look at things like marriage. We're going to look at things like communion. We're going to look at things like the Bible. We're going to look at things, all types of things. But this morning, we're going to look at this thing called names. Names. Names are sacred. They're, whole, they're set apart. Do you, has anybody ever thought how you got your name? You ever thought like your mom and dad were thinking, hmm, what am I going to name this one? Usually in our culture today, it comes from either a, a, a distant relative or a, a relative. we got to pass that name on. Somebody's got to keep it going. We cannot let that name escape. My mother had it. Their mother before them. Their mother before them. Their uncle. You know, my uncle. We try to merge things. Um, and so when we think about names, um, think about it. What does everybody here know the meaning of your name? Did your parents, have you ever talked about have you ever asked them, hey, why'd you name me that? Or some of y'all are too afraid, like, I'm not going to ask them because I'm still mad at them. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> still, I did not want that name, and they gave it to me. I know people that have changed their name legally because they didn't like it. But So what is this thing about names? Um, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever got a nickname that stuck? <laughs> you had a name, and then your friends and everybody decided, that's not your name. This is your name. That happened to me in grade school, and I still to this day, I, thank goodness it stayed in grade school, and I, I, I shudder to bring it back because some of y'all may be cruel enough to use that again, but I, in, in grade school, I, back then I didn't think anything of it, I got this, this nickname, and it wasn't because of any profession of my family or anything we did, I simply got the name Shrimp. <laughs> I know, I laughed too. I'm like, where did they get that from? I was, I was like, you know, I was like, what What are y'all talking about? Where, where did y'all get that name from? I don't even know that. One of them, un, another one I got was Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> Anybody remember Speedy? You know, because I was all over the place. And so, but I got that, and somehow by the time I got to high school, I'd uh, <clears throat> outgrown it. So, <laughs> okay, it wasn't that funny, y'all. <laughs> No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Praise God. Um, I'll just say this. In ninth grade, I laughed because I, I don't mind saying it. I was the uh, <clears throat> the shortest, second shortest young man in my high school. And the other one was Edwin Alano, but he had a birth defect. And so uh, I'll say this. 
I kept looking around and saying, guess what? I'll make you look real tall. You better just go ahead. And, you want to come stand next to me and look real tall? Come on, I'll make you look real tall. So um, perspective. Anyhow, we can get caught up in names and allow names to get caught up in the, in the Bible. Believe it or not, they had specific purposes they were given. They were set aside for a purpose. Look at some of these names that are mentioned that you know of, but maybe you didn't know this about them. The first one is Adam. Of course, the Adam means man. Wonder where he got that. God named him. Hey, man, I'm just going to name it. Uh, name him. It means to make. And then red clay. Now, if you put those together, God made man out of red clay. That's, what, that's what's beautiful about Adam, which, by the way, let me say this to you. That's why there's only one race. <laughs> there is no such thing as a black person, and there's no such thing as a white person. We are all shade, different shades of melanin. Can I say amen and can you celebrate with me? See, God knew what he was doing when he said red clay. Because you get red, you can go either way of the spectrum. <laughs> Adam was not this little pasty white man that came out and said, boop, there you go. <laughs> Nor was he a, a black man. He was a Red, we're right in the middle and saying, hey, we can go darker, we can go lighter, and we celebrate that. Now, I'm not going to go there today. That doesn't mean there's been many atrocities that have taken place over the history of mankind because of the color of skin. But I'm just saying to you, at the very beginning, God knew exactly what he was doing, and we celebrate that here at Christian Renewal Church. The second one was the one that Adam named. He looked at her and said, breathe. No. To breathe, to live. It's like, she's alive. Woo! All right. He was excited. Abram, if you look at that, one of our, one of our uh, patriarchs, it means high father or lofty father. Big, you know, hey, he's up there. But because God got a hold of him, he said, I got a plan for you. I'm going to put the hum. That's what, it's a guttural sign, Abraham. And it means father of many nations. Hey, you were, you were up there, but hey, I need you to know you're a father of many nations not just of your own family. And then his wife, Sarah, it was my princess, but because God got older and said, no, you're Sarah, you're a noble woman, and it means to have power. I mean, you know, Sarah had power. She sent somebody away. We're not going to go to that story today, but she had power. Uh, and then Jacob. Now, here's always a good one. <laughs> Jacob, his purpose was heel catcher. <laughs> How would you like that to be your day? Hey, heel catcher, come here. All it was because he grabbed his older brother's heel on the way out, the firstborn. Esau, he's like, get, come here. get." <laughs> he grabbed his heel, goes out. But God got a hold of him, and he, he, he renamed him and said, no, you're not, you're not heel catcher. You're Israel, which means, which means God contends. Which means God contends with anybody that contends with Israel, just so you know that. Y'all better know that one right off the bat. And then David, here's a good one. A lot of people... They like to name their children after Bible characters, hoping that they'll take on the good characteristics of that person. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, some of y'all will get that later at home going, what did he mean by that with David? I don't get it. Um, David simply means beloved. And God called him a man after his own heart. And then, of course, the greatest name, Jesus, which is Yahweh is salvation to save. And so when we look at this, we look at these names, there is one name that's above all other names. Our names are important, but we have to keep the main thing the main thing. And when we look at it, there is one name that is above every 
other name. And um, Psalms um, 9 and 10 says this. says, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. How many know it's important? I know a lot of names. And how many, by the way, I forgot to ask this. How many have a struggle remembering names? <laughs> Some of you in here are like, I just can't. I know you just told me, but I can't. Can I tell you, in this church, it's okay if you don't remember somebody's name. It's really just go, you know what? I forgot. Could you tell me one more time? Eventually, I will remember if I, if I hear it about 10 times or maybe a 1,000. Um, so you don't ever have to be embarrassed. Just go ahead and say, hey, I, you know, they know when you don't know their name, by the way, just so you know. I want to throw that out there. When you say, hey, brother, <laughs> you've only been here for 10 years and you still call me brother. They're like, yeah, hey, sister. It's like, I got it. It's okay. It's, it, you know, hey, brother, it's Mark. That's what it is. So there, when we look at this, we want to know God's name, which is above every other name. And so if we look at his name, he, this is where it gets a little exciting to me. Because when you, when you think of God's name, there are a number of them that have been put together. Like the first one is in all caps was Y-W, Y-H-W-H. It, it was pronounced Yahweh. But the thing about this name, y'all... The Jewish people, because it was like a breath, it was, it was so sacred and so reverent to them that they were literally afraid to utter it from their lips because they were afraid they may use it in vain. You know, the second commandment is, I'm the Lord thy God, that should not take my name in vain. They told us not to take his name in vain. And by the way, let me help you with that real quick. We're going to hit there real quick and jump out. Using the Lord's name in vain is not putting a D after the G. It's simply doing this. It's calling on the name of God and not expecting him to do anything for you. There are many people that use it in vain like they say something, but they're not really expecting him to do what they ask him to do. They use it in vain. And so when we look at this word Yahweh, it was so reverent and they were so like, Yahweh. It was a breath. It was like, Wow, I've got to be careful because I don't want to speak that and not expect him to be there to move in that. That's why they came up with the word Adonai, which means Lord. And so what they did is they took the vows of Adonai and, and Yahweh and they made Jehovah or Yahweh, Jehovah. And so tonight we're going to go over the different attributes of Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nishi. We're going to go over those tonight. But this morning... We're going to take a little bit of, of time to just sit and just a moment and look at this word Yahweh and what it represents. And the best scripture I know to do that with, it's the most important text in the Old Testament that's concerning the name Yahweh. It's found in Exodus chapter 3, and it's where Moses, for those of you who don't know, Moses the word, most people know what the word Moses, the name Moses means. It means this very important name drawn out from, he was drawn out of the river. So we're going to call him Moses, drawn out of the river. Um, but Moses, God wanted to use him to save his people. Moses was born under a time of oppression when they were killing all the male children. When he was born, they said, anybody two and under, take the, take the male, just 
The slaves had gotten to be too many, and they said, take him out. So his mother said, I don't think so. We're going to put him in a basket. And his sister Miriam kind of guided it on to the, the Pharaoh's, the princess's um, palace and got in there. But Moses was called out to go make a difference. He was called out to make his people, to deliver them from, a, uh, from bondage and oppression. And when God has this interaction with him, he'd been in the desert for 40 years. 40 years. 40 in a desert. Many of you can't, I can't grasp living in a dry, arid place for 40 years. And the reason he's there is he's running from his previous life. He was raised in the palace as a prince of Egypt. 40 years he was there. He killed an Egyptian guard. He runs into the desert, and for 40 years he's there watching sheep. God's raising him up to be a nation changer. How many have ever been in a dry desert place thinking, God, you have forsaken me? (laughs) I don't believe you're here. You say you are. So what happens, God gets a hold of his attention through a burning bush. Moses is out there watching sheep. And all of a sudden, this is the only way God could have got it. Think he'd seen the same landscape and seen it all over. Yeah, mountains over there. Yeah, oh, more hot air. Mm-hmm. It's hot, humid. Mm-hmm. Sandstorm coming. He looks and he sees a bush burning. And it's not consumed. God gets his curiosity. He goes to him. And in chapter 3, they have this interaction. And God's trying to get him to go. And this is what he says, beginning in verse 13. Moses said to God, first of all, that word suppose. He was not all in right here. (laughs) Suppose I go. He didn't say I'm going. Like many of us, we do the same thing. We ain't got no rocks to throw at Moses. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Who is he? (laughs) Then what shall I tell them? I don't even know your name. What do I tell them now, huh, God? What what do I tell them? And I love what God said to Moses. God says, I am who I am. Now, you got to find a little humor in that. This is where you kind of get into who's on first a little bit if you're not careful. You show up at fair and said, hey... I am sent me. Who? I am. You are? No, I'm not. He is. He is what? I am. You are? No, it's not me. It's him. Him who? I am. It's like, no. I am sent who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. First of all, that was to the to the thing. And then the Israelites, I am. Go back one second for me, Amy. Thank you. Yep, by the way, give it up to Amy Gordon up there in sound booth doing that. Praise God. Harley Bridges up there. I, we got to give them praise when they're doing it. I, I am has sent me to you. Like I'm here specifically for you. God wanted you to know I'm here for you. And some of you need to know this morning, God's here for you. Specifically for you. And then he goes on and uh, in verse 15, and God says to him, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites... The Lord, the God of your fathers. See, they knew Abraham. 
They knew Isaac and they knew Jacob. But he's introducing a whole new name of I am who I am. Has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. When's the last time in your prayer life you said, hey, I am. I'm, I'm here to talk to you, I am. No, we use the word Yahweh. We use this word to speak to him, Jehovah, Jehovah God. And the thing about that is, is there's a weight that, that is carried with that. And I believe there are five things real quickly that I want to go over that are, that are connected or associated with this I am who I am. The first one is this. The first one is God exists. And I need to tell some of you in here, when you're going through a dry, arid place and you've been there for a while, the most important thing you can know is God exists. He's there. He hasn't forgotten you. You're not alone. You, God has still got incredible desires and abilities and things that he has for you and for me to do. And so this thing of God exists, he means I'm there right now. That's what Francis Shaver said, the God of I am there. Where? Wherever I'm needed, I'm there. Whoever calls me, I'm there. He said, I am present, ever present at all times. Romans 1.20 says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities. You mean I can't see them, taste them, touch them? No, but they're there. His divine, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood for what has been made, so that people are without excuse. All you have to do is go outside, look around, Feel the wind, look at everything that was created, and know that something magnificent, somebody incredible. It was not just by chance, it was by design that an incredible creator that thought of every detail. Um, I remember when I took biology in high school, I was one of the math biology people. I was not an English history. You know what I'm talking Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know exactly. Like, I could get biology, I'm like, oh, it's like putting a puzzle together, you know, when you get to reading poems and stuff like that, I'm like, what are they saying? What? You got that out of that? What? And so um, I remember asking when I was going through biology in college, I'd ask my teacher. Now, I was already born again, um, and I was, I was just interested in knowing how God created. So I'd ask the nth degree, now, why does that do that? No, 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 no. Why does that do that? And the people in my class would look at me like, what is wrong with this nerd? I'm like, I just want to know. And the, the, I finally got my professor to ask me. Why do you want to know? I said, because some people think they're just discovering something. But you're telling me exactly how intricately and detailed my God put me together. Can I say amen to somebody that, hey, I wasn't sitting there bagging off. I was getting them to beg the question. I want to know. Tell me, tell me, tell me. The same thing, the power, when we see how God has supernaturally put us together, we can't help but know he exists. And that's why the first one is contained in the name Yahweh is the first and most important truth about God, and that is he exists. Somebody look at your neighbor and say he exists. Number two, real quick, no reality exists behind God. You got to think about that one for a second. No, no reality exists behind God. Do you know some of our names here, they came from our lineage. That's like from our ancestries, from those going, hey, well, here's grandfather so-and-so and here this. And so we learn things and we get things in that day, in, in that culture, 
We actually, you would do whatever your father did, whatever his profession, whatever he did, whether it was a herder, whether it was a carpenter, whatever they did, you would learn that trade and you would follow them. When it comes to God, there was nothing there that was drawn that he needed to draw from because he was perfectly self-sufficient in all of his ways. That's what Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, for my thoughts, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And he wasn't doing that to make you feel bad. He was just letting you know, hey guys, your loftiest best one, it's going to fall a little short on someone that can speak worlds into existence. Uh, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's why we need Jesus. I can't think... How many ever had problems with your brain taking you someplace? You'll be having this good day and something, and all of a sudden this thought comes out of nowhere. It tries to carry you down a trail like, oh, what? It can be fear. It can be anxiety. It can be worry. It can be doubt. It can be any number of things. You're just enjoying life, and these thoughts can carry you places. That's why God says, hey, I've got this. I created it all. That's why it says God's personality and power are owing solely to himself and to no other. In other words, he doesn't owe us anything. It's all him. He created it all. He didn't have any, he didn't need anything to draw from. You know how some people invent something and some people make it better? God made it perfect the first time. He's like, there's nothing else to think about. I already did it. Can't, can't outdo it. So, number three, real quick. God, and you need to know this one. God does not change. Not even for little old you. (laughs) There are some people that think they can manipulate their way through anything. Like, hey, it's okay. And it's like, God says, oh no, I'm not changing. Malachi 3.6 says this. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. You need to be thankful he doesn't doesn't change. Because he's totally committed to you. (laughs) How many of you know I am thankful? I don't know about you, but think of some of the things you've done. And if God changed his mind, it's like, uh-oh. Ooh. I'm telling you, he, does, he is committed 100% to you and committed to me. We need to get that deep in our heart. He does not change. Number four, because he doesn't change, we must conform to God, not he to us. We must conform to God, not him to us. Um, Many of us would like it, we've got this idea of who we think God is, and we'd like to make him ours. Like, like give you an instance, like when you're watching football. <laughs> I just love it because it's that season. You can draw so many things. <laughs> and it's close. And you just need that one turnover. You just need that one score. And you, your God will, it'll just make it happen. <laughs> Oops, a fumble happened. God, I thought you heard me. I thought you're supposed to do what I want you to, when I want you to, as much as I want you to. And God says, no, 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 no. You you change and conform to me. I don't conform to what your wishes are. And I promise you, if we'll get this and realize God wants to always change us for the good, that's what it says in Romans 12 too. It says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you Think. I shared a few months, uh, a couple months ago, that our 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 most consuming thought is where we go all the time. It will keep us right there. 
then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So it's not a matter of getting God to listen or get him on my behalf to operate, but us getting and doing what he wants us to do. That's, um, that's always more powerful. And I want to challenge us, when we talk about this word Yahweh, when we talk about God, he's not, he wants to change us. And we're going to see that in this next one. And this is the most beautiful one. The fifth one is this. God has drawn near to us in Jesus Christ. So it's not like he made all this. He exists. It's not that nothing began, you know, nothing was before him. It's not that he doesn't change. It's not that I got to conform. He helps me conform to him. He didn't leave me to try to do this by myself. If you've been wrestling with God thinking you have to do all the work, you are missing the cross. You're missing the grace that Jesus Christ has bought for you. In John chapter 8, um, verses 56, 58, it says, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. Now, he's talking to Pharisees. And I love this because he's talking thousands of years before he's ever been there. And he said he saw it. Abraham saw the day when his descendant was going to show up. Jesus was going to show up. He saw it and he was glad. Like he was, he was heading out, but he goes, there's a day coming. Dude, God's already promised me it's going to happen. He saw it thousands of years before it ever happened. You are, and then the Pharisee said, what? You are not yet 50 years old. They said to him, and you have seen Abraham? It's like they're thinking at this point, how did you see Abraham already? And you're not even 50. And this was thousands of years ago. Then Jesus said this, very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, he uses that name again, I am. I was there. I was there. There's not a moment on this planet where Jesus has not been actively involved all through the Old Testament. You can see where he showed up and he was right there in the midst going, I'm here. I'm here. For you this morning, he says, I'm here. I am. I'm right there. And he wants to draw us. He wants to use us. I'm telling you, in Acts 4.12, it says this, there is no other, there's, there's salvation in no one else. This is the disciples. They've just been warned not to even speak of the name. And it says, God has given no other name under heaven. There's not another one. If you're, if you're trying to be good enough to get to heaven, it's not going to work. <laughs> On your best day, you're going to fall short. If you're thinking that i got to do enough religious activity, go read Matthew 7. It says people that just did religious activity said, I didn't even know you. He said, you just got to connect with me. You got to just allow me to be your Lord. Surrender your life to me. Heaven, which, which might, we might be saved. In Philippians 2, 9, 11, 9, 9, 10, 11 says this. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. He had surrendered his life to his father. And it said, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, church, at that name, what we were singing earlier, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't ever get tired of saying it. Don't ever, I don't care if you're riding in your car and things are coming at you and they're weighing on your head. Jesus, Jesus. I'm telling you what will happen is it will secure. You're inviting him in. You're not trying to do it yourself. He's already won the battle. Jesus, 
Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth under, uh, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I just want to ask you this morning, has the name of Jesus got a little bit kind of dull? Like I know him, I believed in him a few years back, and I gave my life to him, but I'm not really expecting him to do anything for me right now today. And I'm like, I just kind of maybe, maybe it's been a thing where my, my, my belief, maybe things didn't work out in a situation like the game I was talking about earlier or something much more important where somebody wasn't healed the way you thought they should have been healed. And something didn't turn out the way you thought it should have turned out. And it began to, to lessen. It began to say, well, Jesus, you didn't do that, so I don't think you're going to be here. And Jesus says, I am. I am. I'm right there in the midst of everything. There's not one thing that we go through where Jesus is intricately detailed, aware of everything that goes in our heart, everything that comes against us. And he's always for us. Do you know him? This morning, I just know this. God is here. He wants to minister his life and his love to every heart. And I'm going to ask you this time, if you'd close your eyes and bow your head with me for just a moment. And the only reason I do that, it's the only way I know to get alone in a crowded room. There's no spiritual implication. It's the only way I know to do that. And I'm just wondering, maybe you don't know him. Maybe you thought you did and you knew about him. But this morning, he wants to introduce himself to you in a very real and powerful way. And he's here to meet you right where you're at. And this morning, if you'd say, Mark, I'm away from God. I, I know God, but I don't know God. I've known about him, but I've never experienced that life, that connection, that one-on-one, -on -one, that freedom that comes from knowing him. But you'd like to this morning, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and just raise your hand wherever you are. And I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. This is a very personal decision between you and the Lord. If that's you, just lift your hand wherever you are, and I want to pray with you. And I want to pray for you. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else? Church, let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, I recognize this morning that you are the King of kings. And you are the Lord of lords. And I've done things in my life that I know are, I'm ashamed of and that you never intended for me to do. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you came to this earth and died for the things that I've done wrong. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. Come and have your way in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen, we will be here. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask if everybody would stand up with me at this time. We're going to be here to pray. I'm going to ask the prayer teams and different ones to come forward at this time. And we'll be praying. If you need, if you need prayer for anything, please don't leave. We'll be right here to believe God with you and for you. Amen. Well, I'm going to bless you at this time. And like I said, if you need prayer, you come this way. We'll be here to pray with you and pray for you. If not, you can ease out and... Have a great rest of your day.
Thank you. Tonight we will be talking about Jehovah, the, the names of God in Jehovah. Father God, you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. That Lord, as we place your name on them, you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.